Welcome to Color Me Green, a podcast focused on making the world a greener place. Okay, I know I said I'd be getting back on schedule, and I'm sorry that I missed a week, but I'm working on it. I work best when I have structure. I made a little calendar and I laid everything out, so it's going to be very good for me, I promise. I promise both you and me. I've got a long list of video ideas, so now that I can get organized and lay everything out, life is a little easier with a busy schedule. Now I just need to tackle time management, but that might take a little longer. Anyway, welcome back. Thank you for joining me. Today we are discussing the top four types of renewable energy, how they make energy, how they're used, and like I always like to do, explain a few negative sides to any of them. A few episodes back, I had a little rant about littering, and I will always repeat myself here. Everything has a positive and negative side to it, except for littering. There are no good sides to that. Like I've said before, I'm not here to just praise sustainability and say that everything that counts as it is perfect. We are here to learn about what we can do to make the world a greener place and do our best to pick and choose the best choices that we can that will make the most positive change in our lives and the environment. With that being said, let's get into it. For almost 200 years, humans have relied on fossil fuels such as coal, natural gas, nuclear energy, and others to power everything. They have been implemented into just about everything we do, which has resulted in the high levels of greenhouse gases we see today. Greenhouse gases trap heat in the atmosphere that would escape into space, causing surface temperatures to rise. Unless you live under a rock, you would know this process as global warming. This affects not only the rise in temperatures, but also changes in severe weather, decline in wildlife populations, rising sea levels, and more. One big way we can slow down these effects is with the use of renewable energy sources. Renewable energy is commonly referred to as clean energy that comes from natural sources or a process in which it is constantly replenished. This type of energy may be thought of as a newer form of technology, but it's actually been used for a long time in many forms. Wind has been used to power sails on boats and windmills. The sun has been used to provide warmth and aiding in starting fires. However, unfortunately, people have begun to use cheaper and less natural energy sources. Renewable energy doesn't exactly mean sustainable, but positive outweighs the negative, and that's more than we can say for fossil fuels. So now let's get into a few types of renewable energy sources. The first we are going to discuss being water or hydropower. Hydropower was one of the first energy sources used for generating electricity, and it is still to this day the largest source of renewable energy generation globally. To be able to understand the way hydropower works, it's important to know how the water cycle works. The water cycle consists of three steps. First, solar energy heats the surface of water in rivers, lakes, and oceans that cause it to evaporate, which creates water vapor. Water vapor condenses into clouds and is released as precipitation, such as rain or snow. This precipitation is then collected in rivers, which empty into lakes and oceans, where it again evaporates and repeats the cycle. 
The amount of precipitation that is drained into rivers in any given area is how the amount of water available for hydropower is determined. This amount can, however, be affected by things such as droughts and floods, which, due to global warming, we're seeing more of. Because the source of hydropower is water, the power plants are usually located on or near a water source. The amount of water in that given area again determines how much power can be generated. The more water, the more power the plant can produce. In large-scale projects, hydropower usually involves dams. A dam converts potential energy stored in a reservoir behind a dam to mechanical energy, also known as kinetic energy, which is energy created by motion. As water flows through the dam, its energy is used to turn a turbine, which creates mechanical energy, which is turned into electricity. This energy goes through multiple transmission processes before it reaches anyone. The next energy source we are discussing is wind. Just for some background, wind is caused by the uneven heating of the Earth's surface by the sun. Air above land heats up faster than air over water. The warm air over land expands and rises and heavier, cooler air comes in to take its place, creating wind. With that being said, the way we use wind to create energy has changed significantly over the past 7,000 years. Wind has and is still used to sail boats and turn windmills, but today we are using modern windmills or wind turbines that are used to generate electricity. China, the US, and Germany are the leading producers of wind energy. This source of energy accounts for a little more than 6% of US generation and has become the cheapest energy source in most of the country. A few of the top states generating wind power include California, Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, and Iowa. Though turbines can be anywhere as long as there are high wind speeds, so places with hilltops and open plains are best. Wind energy is generated mainly through wind turbines that are used to collect the wind's kinetic energy. The wind flows over the blades and creates a lift, which causes the blades to turn. The blades are connected to a shaft that turns an electric generator that produces electricity. Overall, the energy produced from wind has little effect on the environment compared to other energy sources. The turbines do not release emissions that pollute the air or water, and they do not require water to be cooled down. However, wind turbines are very large machines and Though they are mainly great energy sources, they do have a few negative aspects. A small number of turbines have caught fire, and some have leaked lubricating fluids, but these instances are very rare. Overall, these negative aspects are rather small in the greater scheme of things, and I'd say wind energy is still a great and reliable source compared to fossil fuels, but I'm going to say that about like every single one of these. Next we have solar energy. People have used the sun's heat for thousands of years for warmth, growing, and drying food, and eventually to collect solar energy and convert it into electricity. According to the National Renewable Energy Laboratory, more energy from the sun falls on the earth in one hour than is used by everyone in the world in one year. One of the earliest examples of a solar energy collection device was a solar oven. A British astronomer named John Herschel used a solar oven to cook food during an expedition to Africa in the 1830s. Nowadays, solar energy is used to heat many things, including, but not limited to, water, the inside of buildings, and more. 
The most common type of solar energy generation that we are probably most familiar with is generated through the use of solar photovoltaic systems or solar cells. These cells are made from silicone or other materials which change sunlight directly into electricity. The energy from the sun is absorbed by the cells in the panel which creates an electric charge that moves in response to an internal electric field in the cell causing the flow of electricity. Another type is concentrating solar thermal power, which is a system that uses mirrors to reflect and concentrate sunlight onto receivers that collect solar energy and convert it to heat, which can be then used to produce electricity or it can be stored for later use. This system is usually used on large plants or commercial buildings. Out of the total number of electricity generated in the U.S. in 2020, only about 2.3% of that was generated by solar energy. Now, whether or not these numbers should increase is another story. We love renewable energy, but this seems to be the source that I'm very iffy about after reading and hearing a few negative things about it, but I'll let you decide. Solar energy systems don't produce air pollutants or greenhouse gases, which is a very big plus. However, a few cons to solar energy include the fact that the sun is not always available. But in fact, panels are actually more efficient in colder temperatures because excessive heat can reduce the voltage they produce. While getting more direct sun exposure will generate more electricity, most panels are more than capable of generating energy in low light situations. A lot of people, like wind turbines, complain about the fact that they aren't particularly attractive to look at. I'd personally rather look at a turbine or a few solar panels than see nuclear smokestacks, but that's just me. I've also read somewhere about panels being added to landfills when they break or can't be used any longer, so again, not great, but solar panels are meant to be durable and withstand even harsh weather, so the ratio of how often they break to how long they last should definitely be taken into consideration. Another downside that I've heard about is that, again, similar to wind turbines, solar panels are dangerous to birds. They fly over large solar farms and end up overheating due to the sun's heat reflecting off the panels. So honestly, I'll let you decide whether or not you feel solar energy is all that great. I'm still on the fence about it. Overall, yes, so much better than fossil fuels, but is it the best source of renewable energy? And the last renewable energy source we are going to discuss is geothermal. Geothermal energy is energy that is created through the slow decay of radioactive particles in the Earth's core. A little science lesson here, but the Earth has four major layers. The inner core, which is made up of solid iron and is about 1,500 miles in diameter and almost 11,000 degrees Fahrenheit, which is as hot as the surface of the sun. Next, there's the outer core, which is made up of hot molten rock called magma that is also about 1,500 miles thick. Then there's the mantle made up of magma and rock that surrounds the outer core that is about 1,800 miles thick with temperatures that range from almost 400 degrees Fahrenheit to a little over 7,000 degrees Fahrenheit. And last we have the crust, which is solid rock that forms the continents and ocean floors. It's about 15 to 35 miles thick under continents and about three to five miles thick under the ocean floors. Geothermal energy finds its way to the Earth's surface through volcanoes, hot springs, and geysers. 
geothermal hotspots are usually found along major tectonic plates where you typically find volcanoes. You may have heard of the Ring of Fire, which is around the Pacific Ocean. It's known as one of the most active geothermal areas in the world. Geothermal reservoirs are areas of naturally occurring hydrothermal resources. When magma comes near the Earth's surface, it heats groundwater that is trapped in porous rocks or water running along fractured rock or faults. These reservoirs are typically undetected above ground, so they are found through drilling and testing the temperature deep underground. So how exactly do we use this natural energy source? Well, there are three main types of geothermal energy systems. Direct use and distinct heating systems, geothermal power plants, and geothermal heat pumps. Direct use and district heating systems use hot water from springs and reservoirs located near the Earth's surface. This system is most known for being hot mineral springs that are widely used for bathing, but used to be used for cooking and heating. District heating systems are used to heat buildings by using hot water near the Earth's surface that is piped through buildings. Next, we have geothermal power plants. These are used to generate electricity and use water or steam at temperatures from 300 to 700 degrees Fahrenheit. Currently in the U.S., geothermal energy accounts for 0.4% of net electricity generation. The U.S., Philippines, Indonesia, and Mexico are the top producers of geothermal energy. In the U.S., California, Nevada, Utah, Hawaii, Oregon, Idaho, and New Mexico are currently states that are producing energy through geothermal power plants. These power plants can generally be built anywhere geothermal reservoirs are located within a mile or two of the Earth's surface. And last but not least, we have geothermal heat pumps. These use constant temperatures near the surface of the earth to heat and cool buildings by transferring heat from the ground or water into buildings during the winter and reverse the process in the summer. Heat pumps are the most energy efficient, environmentally clean, and cost-effective system for heating and cooling, according to the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency. Now, of course, we have to get into the pros and cons of geothermal energy. The environmental effects depends on how the energy is used or how it is converted into energy. Direct use in heat pumps have almost no negative effects. They are actually seen as being more positive because they can reduce the use of energy sources that do have negative effects like coal and wood, for example. Geothermal power plants, on the other hand, don't burn fuel to generate electricity, but they could potentially release small amounts of sulfur dioxide and carbon dioxide. They do, however, emit 99% less carbon dioxide than fossil fuel power plants of a similar size. In fact, geothermal power plants use scrubbers to remove hydrogen sulfide that is naturally found in reservoirs. Most of these plants also inject the steam and water they use back into the earth, which helps renew the resource and reduce emissions from the plant. While energy is essential to modern society, the main sources are unsustainable. Current sources come with a multitude of environmental impacts, including climate change, acid rains, which I just learned about and now want to do an entire episode on. Okay, wow. <laughs> Depletion of fresh water, air pollution, and radioactive waste, just to name a few. Renewable energy has the potential to meet demand with a much smaller environmental footprint and can even help aid other issues such as energy security. 
In the U.S., almost 80% of our energy comes from fossil fuels, 9% from nuclear, and 12% from renewable energy sources. Hopefully one day we can get that number above 50%. That's definitely something that I hope to see one day. Let me know what you think is the most and least sustainable energy source in the comments. I'd love to know. I want to thank you for listening to today's episode of Color Me Green. New episodes are going to come out weekly and hopefully each one has something you can take away and learn from. I currently have a ton of episodes planned, but if you want to request a certain topic to discuss, please feel free to message me on the show's Instagram at Color Me Green Podcast, linked in the show notes. If you loved today's episode, please make sure to leave a review as I will be randomly picking reviews every week as they roll in to read on the show. One of the best ways to help change the world is to share this episode with a friend and let them also learn what they can do to live more sustainably. And as always, remember to reduce, reuse, recycle, and live green. See you next week.